coming right after Pesach, I was looking in Pashas Achrimois to find a connection to Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. And it's not hard to find. The Pesach has a specific instruction. Hashem tells Moshe to tell Klai Yisrael, like the actions of Mitzrayim, where you had come from, where you had lived, don't do. And not only that, to Eretz Kanan, similarly the actions of the Kananim, the nations of Kanan, where you're going to be brought to, also like them, don't follow the actions. And Rashi tells us, these two places, Mitzrayim and Canaan, were the most depraved of all the places in the ancient world. And therefore, the instruction to Klai Yisrael is not to be influenced, not to learn, and not to emulate the actions of the Canaanim or the actions of Mitzrayim. The Kliyakar asks the question, why was it that Klai Yisrael Dafka found themselves in the places which were the most defiled with Tumah, the places which were the most depraved? Let's ask the second question. What's the apostle coming to forbid? Whatever is considered an Avera, whatever is considered an Isser, the Torah is already forbidden on its own. The Torah doesn't have to go to Mitzrayim to forbid immorality. The Torah forbids it directly. The Torah doesn't have to go to Mitzrayim to forbid idolatry. Many times the Torah is already forbidden idolatry. And if that's the case, what's added to the prohibition by telling us don't be like the Mitzrayim? So, I'd like to share with you a story I heard this week, which made me think. And I think, made me think of a resolution to these questions as well. I heard a story, which was told by Rav Nach Weinberg, the great Rosh Hashiva of Eshatera. He said that one time, the Panavacharov was on a train and in the same compartment sitting opposite him was a non-religious young Israeli boy. And the Panavacharov starts a conversation with him and he asks him, what are you traveling to? So this boy says he was on his way to Eilat. The Panavicharov tells him, you know, it's a long journey to Eilat. Why don't you stop off with me on B'nai Brak, which is part, halfway there, approximately, and have something to eat. That way you won't be hungry on the long trip to Eilat. So the boy agrees, and unsuspectingly steps off the train in B'nai Brak with the Panavicharov. The Panavicharov takes him to the house out of Noach Weinberg, who was then living in B'nai Brak. And so I'm sure he has some of you, he'll give you something to eat. 
of course, Rabbi Noach did, but at the same time, use the opportunity to get into a discussion with this young boy and get to know him, and ended up eventually in inviting this young boy to join his Kirov, his Shevin Benebrak, where it was at the time. But Rabbi Noach said after that story, he was troubled for a long time. Because you do, it was known that upon which you have a tremendous genius, a powerful speaker, a very charismatic person. Why was it Noah felt that he had to bring this boy to me to convince him to come back? Why didn't he do it himself? And Noah said he thought about it for a long time until he came across an answer, what he thought was an answer. The story of Avram and Stom. We know Avram davens to Hashem with every way he can to save Stom and the five cities around it and the four cities around it. And he negotiates for 50 people, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. And in the end, Avram concedes defeat. And the Malachim go to Stom. The white Malach goes to destroy Stom. The second to save Lot. And when they get to Stom, and tell Lot, You have to be quick. You have to run for your life. We're about to destroy the city. And Lot comes to him with an argument. And he says, Look, out of the five cities you want to destroy, one is called Tsar. Tsar was inhabited a year later than the rest of Stom. And if that's the case, they are that much less guilty than the other cities. They've been doing Averis for a year less. And therefore, spare Tsar, let me run to Tsar. And the Malachim agree. And I've now asked the question, if Lot could think of this argument to save Tsar, why couldn't Avram also think of that argument to save Tsar? And he wanted to suggest that it's because Avram wasn't living in Stom. And therefore Avram saw Stom, Amira, Admet, Tsar, all as being evil places. But Lot was living in Tsar. Lot was living in Stom. And therefore, for somebody living in Stom, he knew the difference between how bad Stom was and how bad Tsar was. And therefore, he was able to differentiate because he could, so to speak, from the inside, see the differences between them. And therefore, Abnach wanted to say, at the point of which was a, was a great man. He was above and beyond the level of that generation's youth to be able to understand the tumor that they came from and deal with them. Whereas here, Abnach, who had grown up in a second environment, was more able to relate to it. 
That's a nice story. It could be it explains the point of the Turaf. But I don't think that's the Pshat in Tsar. I'd like to suggest a different Pshat. For why Avram didn't dive in for Tsar. And I'd like to do that based on a different story of the point of the Turaf. There's a mission in Pirkei Avos. And the Mishnah says, There are four kinds of people who go learn in the Beis Medrash. There's a person who's a person who goes and he learns. The person who's a he goes but he doesn't learn. There's a person that's a he doesn't go but he learns at home. And then there's a fourth category, a person who's a he doesn't go and he doesn't learn. And the point of it should have asked the question. If you would tell me that there are four kinds of people I understand. But how can you call them Arba Minas Baholchi Besa Medrash? How can you call them four kinds of people who are the Holchi Besa Medrash? The person is He doesn't go and he doesn't do. What makes him a Holchi Besa Medrash? What connects him to the Besa Medrash? And the Pranavicharav's answer, he said, what makes him a Holech Pes Medrash is that sometimes, talking to the Yeshiva, sometimes the Bach is having a hard time. He's not learning well, he doesn't have good chavrusas, he doesn't get a satisfaction out of his learning. And he might start to get the temptation, maybe I should look for something else to do outside the Pes Medrash. Maybe I should look for some other kind of education system. Maybe I should look for fulfillment in a different field. But then he decides not to do that. He decides to remain within the world of the base majors, even if he's not being successful there right now. And says the point of which Someone like this is still a Heilich Beis Medrash. He still connects to the ideals of the Beis Medrash. He still considers himself a part of the system of a Beis Medrash. And even if right now is difficult for him, he will yet be able to grow and connect to the Torahs of the Beis Medrash as well. But he's not a person who abandons the best Medrash. Because for a person who abandons the best Medrash, so it's so much more difficult for him to reconnect to the world inside. And this is the Yasad. There's the world of the best Medrash. There's the world of Torah. And even if a person right now is not seeing success there, but the very fact that that's where he remains, and that's the environment that he lives in, makes him a Holech Pesach Once a person leaves the Pesach Medrash, once a person looks beyond the walls of the Pesach Medrash to see what the world outside is to offer, 
So then he very quickly loses his attachment to being part of a best medrash. And this is what the Pasuk is saying. Klai Yisrael's beginning of what led to Mitzrayim, what led to the servitude, what led to the goddess, was when they ventured forth from the confines of Goshen where they were to try and see the Maisa Eretz Mitzrayim. To try and experience the culture of Mitzrayim. And when Klai Yisrael go to look to participate and become involved in the culture of Mitzrayim, they are no longer protected from the influences of the Avodah of Mitzrayim. They are no longer safeguarded against the Yitzhahara which ran rampant in Mitzrayim. And it was only a matter of time until the Malach could say Halalo And therefore what the Pasuk is saying the same way is even before it comes to Aver. But don't be taken in by trying to be a part of the culture of Mitzrayim. Don't feel you need to participate in the civilization of Canaan. That itself is a concession to the Yetzirah, which will end up in all the most serious affairs of the Torah. Is it easy? It depends. For the person who's fulfilled with his own ruchnius, so he's not lacking anything. Now he needs to look beyond the walls of the base medrash to find. But for the person who's not feeling fulfillment, so then the temptation to look beyond the base medrash or excitement in other arenas become stronger. And nevertheless, the person who's strong enough not to fall for what the culture outside the Besmejish seems to offer, he's still connected to the Besmejish. He's still a Connected to Klai Yisrael. And I'd like to suggest that that's the Pshat why Avram Avinu didn't daven for Tzayah. Avram Avinu had no Indian to daven that Rishayim should continue to live to be Rishayim. Avram wasn't davening for storm that it should continue to be a storm. It's not good for them. It's not good for the world. Arama Venus Tvila was, maybe there's a possibility for Storm to change. Maybe there's what to say from Storm that they'll become Tzadikim. 
but the influence of storm was so bad, how is that possible? And the answer is, if there are 10 tzaddikim in the city, if there are 10 people who are able to withstand the temptation to be like storm, 10 people strong enough not to get taken in by the culture of evil that storm represented, then there's hope. Because those 10 people could rebuild a city as a city is meant to be. But if there's nobody who's been uninfluenced by storm, then there's nothing to be gained by keeping storm alive. It's on a free fall to destruction. And so is no different. The fact that they're lagging a year behind, the fact that they haven't yet gotten there, isn't a reason to them for them to be saved. They'll get there too. What Abraham was looking to save was, is there any possibility that there's something good that will come out of stuff? Is there any possibility that the tzaddikim will be able to rebuild the city because they haven't been influenced by the evil that Stam represents? Indeed, as Chazal said, that Tsar was also destroyed just a year later. That's the Yisait. That's the Yisait. I say a story of a secular reporter who once interviewed a certain Balchava, someone who came from the secular world and had changed their track in life and was now a Bentara. And he asked him, tell me something, who do you think gets more reward? Someone like yourself has had to institute such major changes in their life. And nevertheless has been able to face a position overcome hardships and become part of the religious world or a child who grew up in that environment and knows nothing else. And the man thought about it and he said, I believe that the child is going to get more reward than me. Why? He said, because I've been in that world and I've seen that there's nothing there to offer. Nothing real. And if that's the case, there was no challenge for me in leaving it and looking for something better. He said, but the child who's never tasted that world can think there's something there. And for him not to go to see what the non-Jewish world has to offer, not to get taken in by thinking that there's a culture and a civilization he's missing out on, that requires a choice. And for that he deserves more reward. What a beautiful insight. That's exactly the point. The Pazak says, I Hashem And then, A person who's found fulfillment in Yiddishkeit. He's holding by the Ani Hashem Isn't challenged, isn't tempted to look for anything outside of it. But even for the person who's in the category of He's not doing, he's not achieving in the best Medrash. And therefore, the outside world could present a challenge to him. He too must know that as long as he's not looking to integrate into the civilization and culture of Canaan, he's not also Kamaiser as Canaan or Kamaiser as Mitzrayim, he still has his place in the Kosli Besamedrish. And 
and even if it presents a challenge, the truth is, there isn't any, it isn't really anything there. Storm was the worst. Mitzrayim was the worst. Canaan was the worst. Dafka in these places, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to build the tzaddik who has the resilience not to be influenced by the place that he's in. That forges Klai Yisrael's strength to remain apart. Not to be influenced, not to be taken in by the culture of the host country. If you could do it in Mitzrayim and Knaim, you could do it anywhere else. When Klai Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim, they came out of the Nanea Kovit. They weren't just there for protection. They were also there to symbolize the fact that Klai Yisrael stood apart from Mitzrayim, separate from Mitzrayim. As we saw by Abraham and Storm, the tzaddik is able to remain separate from the place that he's in. But tzaddikim like that, if there'd be ten of them, there'd be the hope to rebuild anything, even a storm.